Welcome to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast, the podcast that guides those looking for a home that expresses their unique lifestyle to release creative DNA into their project and have it completed while keeping the artistic vision alive. Now, here's your architect creative, J.D. Carling. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. Today, we're talking about construction. What does everybody want during construction? They want the house to turn out great. They want high quality, right? You've got the great design that you want and you want it to come out just like you're thinking in your mind, only better. First off, I want to say thank you to everybody who came out to Parade of Homes at Baha'i Betty this weekend. There was about 200 people. There was five of us and there was nonstop tours being given the entire day from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Thank you so much for taking interest in minimalist and narrative-based architecture for custom homes. There were so many people that came out, and if you're listening, I really enjoyed hearing about your project that you want to do. A lot of people came wanting to share about their home that they're about to do. Well, let's get into today. So we took a break last week, and we talked about the idea of omakase, or architecture's autobiography. And that definitely is going to come into play during construction. But the week before that, we were talking about construction documents and a little bit about permitting and what to expect when you're building. So today is going to be construction specific. Now, I'm going to go through a few things in construction very quick, but I want to get focused back on the art side of what we're talking about, the artistic side, making sure what we've set out to accomplish gets done in the building. And when you're doing construction, you're going to have things like inspections from the building department that your builder needs to pass. And sometimes there may be a curveball. They tell him, you can't do this. Well, it's something that was artistic or part of the vision. Well, that's time to innovate. And that's time to come up with either the decision to go speak with the building department and explain to them what we're wanting or to go figure out something new to change that. So that's one of the key things that I'll give you for your process to be prepared to make decisions throughout construction process. The building is not just a throwaway once you're done with design. Design goes all the way through to the day you move in and into the future when you want to keep that design beautiful as you add to your family, add different things in the house or have new things and new tasks that you take on. So you're going to have those type of permits. You're also going to have the bank inspection. The contractor a builder is going to ask, hey, I'm done with 20% of this part of the building. We want this much money during a draw from the bank. The bank's going to send out an inspector to make sure they're done up to that percentage and that they can draw that money. There's also different things that are going to happen with that. Sometimes they can request money early if you've got custom windows or feature things that are custom most of the time. It depends on your specific bank. This part is where you're going to get shop drawings, where you're going to have to have your architect review for you and talk with you to make sure you're actually getting what you want. So when you say, hey, we're getting wood windows that are clad in a specific color that means something to us on the outside, you want to make sure that that's listed on the quote. So the architect can serve and will serve as your filter. So you're going to look at it too, most likely, on some of the more finished and color-based things for performance and things like that. The builder is best to have the architect review that with them to make sure the intent is being met for you 
and for the home, for the contractor and the building department to meet energy code and things like that. So one thing to keep in mind is when the architect does their drawings, there's architectural intent and design intent in there for you, what you're wanting. So a rail will be drawn and it will show typical fastening if it's outside to meet wind load or pressure loads or um, people pushing on it. But let's say you design that rail, you want to make sure all the screws are hidden. So the design will communicate those things, but not every single screw is going to be drawn. So in during construction, the GC will create shop drawing. For specifically, it's very common for kitchens, for custom furniture, for railing, for stairs, windows, and doors. Also, when there is engineered trusses or steel, and those are all things that have a huge visual impact on your home. And you don't want to be someone who walks in and hopefully you're surprised when you see something you didn't expect in a good way. But you don't want to go be like, hey, I didn't know my cabinet handle was going to look like this. Or I didn't know that I didn't have full overlay cabinets. And that is where your architect is going to help guide you through those things, through reviewing the shop drawings and making sure that intent is met. So you might get something with steel and you didn't know all these connections and fasteners were going to be exposed because it's not apparent on 2D drawings and renderings are just artistic interpretations a lot of the time, even though for our firm, we use the construction documents are what we do the artistic renders with. So it's a one for one. There's still something called level of detail and drawings. And it's like, you know, 100 to 400 is like the typical range and different parts of the drawings may be drawn that much. A lot of times with systems, when people don't model in 3D, we do so we catch a lot more of it. But they're like, hey, I didn't know I was going to have to have a dropped ceiling in my hallway because of a pipe. Thought I could have it higher or something like that. So when the drawings get coordinated more accurately, you get less surprises in that regard. So you want to make sure that you know what your expectation is to know what you may have to work with or not work with in construction and answer. So during construction, we'll have you know questions like, hey, this detail between a wall and a stair is coming together in this way. The architectural drawings show this. There's a bunch of fasteners here for the post and the rail. And because of the wall, it's hard for us to get to them with our tool. So what you want to do is make sure you don't take that at face value. I can't tell you the number of times. I'm a builder too. So my subcontractors, most of them are very great. But once in a while, you run into something where they're like, I can't do this. And you don't want to take it at face value at first. You want to give it the time to review and look through those things to make sure you're getting that the aesthetic thing you want. And so there are truly times where there are times where you need to keep updating the design or the detail. But you don't just want to do it right away. You don't want to just throw it to the wind. So what you want to do is make sure you've worked through it with your architect, with yourself, with the contractor and subcontractor that you've looked at all the different things. Many times there are a way to achieve things that someone just, just coming onto the job says they can't, and then you get some message. So, you know, as an architect, I've probably looked at the drawings for six months. The builder, a lot of times nowadays, they've been looking at it for much longer, but a lot of times they may have just looked at it 
for a few weeks and then it keeps getting less and less down the line. So you have a tile guy that shows up one day and is like, hey, we can't do this or they don't understand the intent of the drawing. So you need someone there who has looked at it a lot to interpret that for them, to help that with them. They may be the best tile person in the world. They could be the best craftsman. They may have the best ideas, but you want to help them use that skill to the best of their ability by being there and having your architect interpret that for them and making sure that you also approve of how that's going. Now, during construction, those things are going on. One thing to keep in mind, a lot of times, thankfully I have been so close with many of my clients, this has not happened to me, but I I had a, a buddy that builds in another state and there was one client that he decided he couldn't work with anymore because they came to the site every day and they were very critical of everything. And they're a top luxury home builder. They've built like 80 homes and I've been out there to visit them. Absolutely stunning. During construction, things will look ugly. They shouldn't be terrible and completely messy. Uh, the job site should be uh, kept clean, but there will be times where something's dirty and it needs to be cleaned or someone's in the process of figuring something out. You know, when the plumber, it's, it's not uncommon when the plumber's working for things to get wet during the rough-in stage when they're trying to piece things together. If you walk by and you see water on something, it may freak you out. But a lot of times, it's something that's okay. And you don't want to get freaked out. So it's good to just be patient and look at things and ask about what's going on when you do your site visits and be ready to observe what you think the finish might be beforehand. So it's easier to catch something if your builder walks through all the lights with you. Then, so for here's a good example. When you're walking through the house during construction, before the drywall goes up, you want to do a walkthrough with the builder and the architect to make sure the lights are in the places that they're intended to be and that you want them, that the switches have been placed and functioned the way you want them to be. And the rough-in stage, which is when you need to have things verified, is when you're going to know if you have a three-way switch. Like if you have a big living room and you want to switch on either side of the living room, that's the time to catch it. You don't want to catch it later. So in your walkthrough, you want to make sure that your switches are all explained to you, the controls are explained to you, and that it's going to function when everything's all done and you're not having to cut out the walls. Now, when that if that happens once in a while or in one place, a lot of times it can be fixed without anything crazy, but you do want to make sure you've done that to limit the redos or limit the surprises or things that you need to concede during construction. So that can go through many other systems in the house, like the AC diffusers, making sure they're lined up. I always want to make sure they're lined up in a specific way so that it looks like there's order and they're not just trash all over the ceiling drawing attention to itself. And then additionally, here's the biggest one. You have mechanical fixtures, electrical fixtures in the bathroom, you have plumbing, and those three people don't work together, right? So it's up to your builder to follow the architectural intent to have all those things aligned with windows and doors or centered in rooms and make sure that the structural elements in the building allow those things to be centered as much as possible. And the more you have an eye that looks at all those things, the more likely you are to succeed in that realm. And so that will go with not just those systems I mentioned, 
but with finish elements as well. So when you have your tile, right, you want and you have a niche in the wall, making sure that you've left space so that that can be centered. What we do is when we have, let's say we have a niche for a shower, we leave the opening bigger than is needed by whatever half a length of a tile is so that we can move it during the finish stage of tile. That allows us to get things centered laser perfect in the rooms. So you want to make sure your builder is going to follow through with the alignments and the lines that are important to the design of the house. And your architect is the one who helped review that and spot it ahead of times. When it's just studs and a bunch of things everywhere, it's hard to perceive what the end result is going to be. And uh, like Mies van der Rohe said, God is in the details. So you want someone reviewing those details. Now, if your designer is out of state, thankfully today, photography, video calls are easy to do. But also, you want to make sure you've budgeted so they can come out to visit the site at key moments like pre-finish, like pre-drywall, uh, before concrete is poured, before roofs are put on, before doors are closed in with trim to make sure the alignment is done correctly. Now, I'm kind of stressing the importance of reviewing, having your architect review during construction and at key moments, having you do walkthroughs as well. I would say typically during construction, there's about 10 draws most of the time on a custom home. So there's going to be around that many times that I think it would be important for you to visit the site and walk through with the builder or the architect for the various things in the building. A lot of people come by every day. A lot of people that I work with live very close. Um, sometimes they even live next door. They bought the lot next door or they, um, or they own the one that they're on and they find the one next door for rent and they come by a lot. I personally have not had a problem with that because I typically become very good friends with everybody and it's more of an enjoyable thing and we're figuring things out. We're, I'm designing for them, I'm explaining to them and making sure it's what they want. So be prepared to make decisions to keep the construction process moving with your architect and your builder. The end of the project too, there's an expectation that everything's gonna work perfect. Well, the reality is most of it will. And by that, I mean, you'll find little things like an outlet is loose or something. Even people I know that have the best quality control, they have a specific quality control or a term that a lot of people use as punch out person. There's things that may seem tight the first day, but through the first cycle of summer and winter, things expand and contract. They get looser or maybe a door brushes on a door frame. And so you want to make sure your builder is giving you the proper warranty. For our homes and what's typical is one year labor. So if a door comes loose in that first year and it's something that was due to something that builder did, they should come out and fix that for you. After that, there the warranty is given by the specific thing. So a refrigerator may have X amount of warranty. And if the builder is providing those things for you, like AC and things like that, if there's a defect after the first year, those things should be covered, but the, the labor most likely will not. It's becoming more common practice for builders to have a paid one-year warranty, like they hire somebody to handle all that. And that's really good, but you can also find out from other people, like 
I have not done that before. But if you talk to my clients, definitely, I even extend it a little bit. Like if it's something I felt like didn't function correctly and it's been a year and three months, I'll go fix it for them. But you don't just want the builder to leave you high and dry. They should provide the manuals for you for all the equipment so that you've got this awesome new sink that you can talk to. I mean, a faucet for your sink that you can talk to and tell it to pour you two cups of water. Well, you want to make sure you know how that functions, right? If you bought it yourself, you'd have all that stuff. You may fill out the warranty card yourself. But when the builder is doing all these things in your home, you want to make sure that you've got that stuff. So you can keep a binder of that. They should give you a binder. A lot of times nowadays, it's a PDF. I still like the physical binder for that, but admittedly, I do use the PDF way more. And make sure you save that as best you can. You also want to have extra material for finishes because if tile breaks, you drop something on it, something cracks due to movement, you want to have that ready to go so it's not a 16-week lead tile. I would say the typical is 2 to 5% of each thing, but at least 2 So let's say you had 10 lights. Well, if you did 2 or 5% of that, it wouldn't be very much. But if you have two replacements, if you got two things next to each other, you can still replace that or you replace one, you know what to order next time because you still have one in the box. So that part. Then when the house is all done, you're going to have final inspections. Now, building inspectors are great, but they always pay the most attention at the very end of the project. And it's not uncommon for the builder to have to fix things at the end. And I've noticed a lot of times there's one big one or something like that. So let's say you want to move in January 1st. Don't expect your final building inspection to be the day before that. It should be, my opinion, a month before that so that there's a plenty of time for you to punch out and things like that without jurisdiction um, requirements overlaying what you're trying to do to fix up the house so that you can move in, do final cleaning, start moving your stuff over into the house, give you a much more calm experience, and you'll really have a less conflict, I would say, with your builder. So make sure that you've provided that buffer time between your final building inspections and your move-in date. And then once you've moved in, you'll start noticing things. So make sure you've kept a list of what needs to be improved. If there's things that we're not finished. Let's say there is a decorative thing. I've seen people, you know, like a certain finish didn't come in, some wall panels. And so that's going to be done. Give space in the house for that. I went to a whole movie theater that my friend was building for somebody. And the speakers that were cut into the ceiling weren't in yet. And they had put all the felt on the wall. But after they moved in, the speakers arrived, they cut the holes and there was drywall dust everywhere. It wasn't, and it wasn't the builder. It was a, it was another company that didn't have the speakers in time, and they went in there. But a lot of the wall felt got covered with drywall dust, and it wasn't protected. So you want to be prepared that there still may be some construction, like you need to be prepared to cover the floor, cover those walls, and things like that to give special attention to making sure your new home stays looking new as those final touches come in on occasion. I I find that on homes that are more specific, like the designs that we do, very, very bespoke. A lot of times they're handmade items coming from far, far away. And it's 
you want to make sure it's right because you got one shot when it's coming from Italy and it's a handmade item. You really do give that preference while time is of the essence. So remember, time is of the essence for the contractor, for the contract to get the things done. But you've got to make a choice, too, that the artistic and architectural integrity is also important and plan for that in your budget where you're staying when you're moving into the house. So that's this is just construction 101 today. I try to run through some of the things I think you'll run into, some of the things that I think you'll get to enjoy, like picking new things. Sometimes really cool details show up in a house that people didn't even expect. I remember on the house we had in Parade of Homes, the entrance to their bedroom was going through this angled wall and the the door is just absolutely beautiful. And they didn't expect that because in the 3D renderings, it wasn't as obvious. Even with the virtual reality, it's not real, right? You Virtual reality, your vision is still limited and nothing can compare to real human sight. And they were so elated for what came up with that and inventive detail that was put into the entrance of their room. So expect those things to come up during, during construction. As much as I love doing my architectural drawings, when I build and the actual thing is built, it's 100 times better. Because it's the real thing. It's got the real texture that you can feel. There's something that you can feel with your body when you see a real texture that virtual reality just cannot compete with. There's something when you touch. There's even the smell of new things. All those things add to that experience that I'm just so excited for you to have. I'm obsessed with you being able to live in the home of your dreams, to have a custom home bespoke designed around your lifestyle. And we want to see you go from dreaming of a custom home to living in the home of your dreams. If you're ready to get started, my name is J.D. Carling, Minimalist Architect at CARD, and I'm here to help you start your journey. Go to our website, ca-rd.com, book a consultation with me, and we can talk about where you want to go with your project, with your custom home, and make sure you're starting out on the right foot. If you've already started, we're going to make sure you continue that way or help you to identify things that you may have missed. We're very passionate about this. I really love the artistic side and technical side of architecture for you to make sure everything turns out just the way you want. Thank you so much for listening. Join us next time because this is the end of the series. We're done talking about the custom home design and construction. All of this is 1.0, you know, like the initial phase just going through the process. And now we get to get into the really fun topics, the questions that come up about design. So like one of everybody's biggest search thing, if you look it up anytime, is kitchen and bathroom. So we'll be talking about what to think about when you're designing kitchen and bathroom type stuff in coming episodes. We'll also be answering more questions that we've been hearing and getting to those. Sometimes we don't answer them right away because it didn't totally make sense with the series we're doing. So I thank you for joining me on this initial series. We'll see you next time when we really start getting to the nitty gritty of the design of your custom home. I'm JD Carling. Once again, thanks for joining. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. If you are ready to start your journey of a lifetime designing and building a custom home or project, sign up for a free consultation at ca-rd.com today. We look forward to the journey together and making something unique for you and your family. 
If you have any topics you want to discuss or questions about your custom home design for future episodes, send us a message via our website, ca-rd.com. And again, join us next time for another episode of the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. Thank you.